Titus O'Reilly here, once again annoying you with our shameless plug for Bazaar plus our membership program, More Mick and Me. Simply go to the link in the show notes. It's Sports Bazaar. Welcome aboard, everyone. Anyone isn't happy. We call it all off immediately. The hunt for the weirdest. There you go. Can you put out a fact sheet with this? <laughs> Slide my mind. I don't. I can't <laughs> keep up. Strangers. Catastrophic, amazing, bizarre. Multiple layers of stupidity coming together. What could go wrong? Most unbelievable. It's like a Coen Brothers movie. Stories to ever occur. They're only going to get weirder from here. Get comfy, everyone. Some good, some bad. And some just bizarre, which we love. In the world of sport. How many chimneys could you do in a day? I've researched the tool. To France, not Jimmy. Sports Bizarre. Right, police are called in. <laughs> For the players. Dennis Rodman is telling you to calm down. Testicle soup. Can I just stop you for a second? Don't act like you've never done this. I feel like once again we've strayed away from what I've researched. It's time for the leaders of the hunt. An old couple who've got our spark back. It's Titus O'Reilly and Mick Malloy. Welcome back to Sports Bizarre. Titus O'Reilly, welcome. Uh, Mick Malloy here, of course. Wow, we are steeped in corruption so far. <laughs> Could be as tedious to return as to go over or whatever the quote is from Shakespeare or Macbeth, <laughs> but we are in a FIFA quagmire. Even us just reading about it, I feel my own morals. I don't know what's up and what's down anymore. I had a shower after our last podcast. <laughs> I was found on the floor in the fetal position, shaking. Well, I think this is our third one, isn't This it? is the third, third the- in an ongoing series that just keeps expanding yeah. every time you lift the lid on one particular aspect. Oh, I've researched this so long that I feel like I've never known a world before FIFA. <laughs> and- All right, where have we come from? You well, took us from the origins. When yeah. it was a pretty amateur organisation, not no money, uh, Europe controlled, and then we saw Brazilian Joao Havelange come in as the wow. president in 1974 and uh, introduced huge money. Coca Cola came on board. Yes, Adidas comes on board. And all of a sudden, it's suddenly, the, it is hundreds of millions of dollars starting to wash in during the 80s yeah. into FIFA, for, and the World Cup becomes that massive property suddenly. Yeah. And so where we left it is Coca-Cola, when they first started putting money into this, and Adidas too. Sure. They were like, we're giving all this money to these guys at FIFA. We don't know who FIFA are. They've never had big sponsorship. Yeah. So how do we know they're going to deliver on and look after our money? We need someone in there. We need someone in there. And that person became identified as Sepp Blatter. One of the greatest <laughs> names and characters in the history of world sport. I know. Sepp Blatter joins in the early 70s and he becomes FIFA's first development officer. But before that, let's go back to when he was born. He was born Joseph Sepp Blatter. Sepp is yeah. short for Joseph. He was born in Visp in Switzerland on the 10th of March, 1936. Okay. I just found this great quote from his father, which yeah. I think it, it's sort of looking after yourself is kind of the thing. His sure. father was fond of saying... If you have a friend visiting from far away, that is what hotels are for. If he needs a ride, that is what taxis are for. And if he is hungry, that is what restaurants are for. Okay. Well, sounds like a lovely guy. There it is. He's warm. He's a fuzzy character. <laughs> so that's his dad. Charmer. So Sepp grows up. He goes and gets a degree in business and economics, finishes in 1959 yep. in Switzerland. And then he has this really varied career. So he has four years in the Swiss Army. Okay. He then uh, ends up the head of public relations for the tourist board of his native. What is Swiss name army for? Just to sell Swiss army knives. <laughs> <laughs> but they sit out every war. They're, I know. I they're think like it's the neutrals. Gu- I think it's so called a guard, they? the Nazi gold. 
<laughs> That's probably what There's he's up to. There's a lot of Nazi goals. I'll do it. Yeah. Can I just say, if you were going to join an army. That's the one. That's the one. Because the they're neutral. Yeah. They never get involved. They just guard things. Join the army. Oh, jeez. It's tough. <laughs> You know, if you're in the Congo, no. <laughs> Switzerland, so yes. I agree with you. The Swiss is where Swiss. you and I would be happy with the Swiss. I think you guard the chocolate. That, I think that that's, would and be the it. it wouldn't be. We're just disparaging the whole God. country. Guard the chocolate, did you say? <laughs> you, mind the Nazi gold. I will. <laughs> Look at chocolate. The, you do watches. <laughs> <laughs> what time is it? Oh, 0800 hours. How do you know? It's my timepiece. But the Swiss make it's a beautifully crafted time but the Swiss make a <laughs> a military style clock. They would, yeah. They, they do would. the knives. So no, you'd never be in. late in the Swiss Army. Never. If There's no eight hundred. You'd be there with the Swiss Army knife. No excuse not to be able to open a bottle or have a toothpick on hand at any moment. The scissors were useless, don't you reckon? I remember, what, what could you cut with a scissors? I remember being given the Swiss Army knife, and people would go as a kid, and then people would go, "Here's the twenty things on it." And they go, yeah. like, this is really great. And they all did it, whatever they had to do, badly. That's <laughs> right. Like 20 suboptimal I've been approaches. behind enemy lines with a corkscrew <laughs> and a really bad pair of scissors. Okay, Seth Blatter's joined so for he's a four Swiss years. Army. He was there for four years. Then he was the head of public relations at a tourist board for his native canon, which is like the canton, the native yep, area sure. state where he grew up. He then became general secretary of the Swiss Ice Hockey Federation. He then, speaking of watches, becomes the director of sports timing and relations of Longji, the big Swiss watchmaker. And he gets involved because he's director of both personal relations with like a lot of PR and looking after people. He also gets into director of sports timing, which is used at the 72 and 76 Olympic Games. So he's not really doing the timing, but he's making sure everyone's got what they need and all that before he gets noticed by Horst Dazzler, the head of... Adidas. Adidas. So he's a, they're all involved in the Olympics as well and all this. And he notices this guy and he thinks, I like the way this guy operates. In between this, in 1971, just like a couple of years before he joins FIFA, yeah, while he's so. doing all of this, there was a new society formed that Blatter becomes the president of. And it is called the World Society of Friends of Suspenders. <laughs> This is 100% no, true. Are you making this up? No. no. So, Friends of suspenders as in the clothing? The clothing. So what was happening in the 60s and especially in the 70s is pantyhose was becoming incredibly popular because nylon and various things are now yeah. cheaper and more available. And it meant this rise in the popularity of pantyhouse meant it was at the expense of stockings and suspenders. So a group of men decided, and there was 160 of them, to create an international organisation with the single purpose to lobby women to continue wearing stockings and suspenders. I would throw my weight behind <laughs> It's a good look. And Sepp Blatter very is voted look. the president of it. So now I'm just imagining Sepp Blatter wearing suspenders <laughs> And stockings under his suit. <laughs> so seriously, the that's, first organisation he was ahead of, only a couple of years before he joins FIFA, that's the That's first, where he learned his craft. The World Society of Friends of Suspenders. And who did they represent? People who... Just the 160 blokes that all were like, it's just Friday ridiculous. Night at the strip club. It's, yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. But that's it's off to work. True. So that's the sort of guy he is. You know, uh, the, he's not a new age guy, said no. later. Let's, you know, just say. Getting into this thing about... He loves stocking and suspenders. The one thing you'd have to say about Sepp is he has always loved women. Okay. He has not had a good track record with them, but he's always loved them. And I thought I'd run it through and we'll get it out of the way before we get into FIFA. 
His first wife was Lillian Binner. They had a daughter called Corinne and divorced shortly after that, very yep. early on in his life. Corinne's important, though, for later. In 1981, he married Barbara Kaiser, who was 30 years his junior. Yep. And this is the she was the daughter of Helmut Kaiser, who was Blatter's predecessor as Secretary General of FIFA. So he just joined FIFA, marries his predecessor's daughter. His predecessor was not thrilled with this, he's, didn't he's, come to the wedding. She's 30 incredible. years his junior. Okay, yeah. uh, their marriage lasted 10 years until she died of complications from an operation. So it was quite tragic, that one. That lasted quite well. In 1995, after that, he begins dating Alonya Buguska, a friend of his daughter, Corinne's, okay. who is 30 so years his baby, junior. Yeah. So he's dating his daughter's he friend. He a type, 30 years younger. Yeah, they separate in 2002. He's heartbroken. Except about four months later, he marries Grazilia Bianca, who is a dolphin trainer and is also a friend of his daughter's. Wow. So his daughter so is. How's his daughter? Is she okay with this? I know, but it doesn't really. But he just keeps bringing. His, his daughter his is. Modus operandi. That's how he meets women, through his daughter's friends. He seems to always just have this charm thing. Um, that marriage ended in divorce in 2004. His current girlfriend, which he's been with for a while, is Linda Barris. She's six feet tall in heels. He's five foot three. So they make a great pair. Um, she wears suspenders. <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. she does. He brazenly paraded her off at the 65th FIFA Congress. This is when he was right in the middle of his top corruption scandals. We're getting a Bernie Eccleston vibe yeah, the, here in relation to... The whole to world media was on him. He turns up at the 65th FIFA Congress with... Linda Brass on his arm, but claims they're just friends because she's married and it raises <laughs> eyebrows with everyone because the world's media is photographing him. Like, it's not like yeah. you can sneak in. Yeah. Is she a friend of his daughter? She's not. No, not. wait, wait, no, wait. So <laughs> she's married at the time and so everyone's going, what's he doing parading her around? And it raised eyebrows, especially with Linda's husband, Christian, who was a multimillionaire real estate agent who she had two teenage daughters with. He was asked by the media... Why set bladder, you know, and he goes, I know nothing about this. I'm still married to Linda. And he was particularly surprised because he was good friends with Sep. Anyway, she divorces him and ends up with Sep and is still with him. Good Lord. The husband said he was particularly surprised because his Australian wife uh, had met the FIFA boss because she was a friend of Bladder's niece. So he's moved on from his daughters because I think the daughter's friends have got a bit old. She stopped bringing friends home. She just I am too having, old. Yeah, I just, <laughs> my daughter's now yeah. late thirties, so that's really. So I've moved on to the niece. So that's Bladder's pattern of behaviour. Pattern of behaviour, okay. right? He's had a crack. He's had a crack. He's, he's not going to die wondering. He's in not going to die. Relationship wondering. department. Back in the early seventies, Horst Dassler notices um, him, and Havelange. He says to Havelange, while Havelange is president, he says, "I'm bringing hundreds of millions of dollars into you yes. from bank." We need someone in there to look after all this yep. and help you too. Sure. Havilland is open to it, right? He said this person is going to manage basically the relationship between international sport and leisure, which is Horst Dassler's big marketing yep. company that's bringing in the deals. I need someone in there who's my go-to person for that and gets it all. Blatter agrees to take the job. He's groomed at Adidas's headquarters for four months in 1975 before he goes to FIFA. So he actually works Jeez. at Adidas. And Dassler and Adidas pay Bladder's salary in those early days and provide office space for him as well. Yeah. He's the new favorite. So that's how tight the relationship Probably. is between all these people. So Bladder goes there. He's a technical director. And then he gets promoted in 1981, about six years later, 
um, by Havilland to being General Secretary of FIFA. And the big reason is, is because he's got such a good working relationship with Dassler and all the corporates. Yeah, he's the money man. You need him. Yeah. Where's the sit in the power structures? He's second in charge. Second in charge. So he's Havilland's right-hand man. And this is when Havilland's just taking all these kickbacks and everything. And to this day, Sepp Blatter says, I knew nothing about that. He looks He looks at Sepp and goes, yeah. the force is strong in this one. Yeah, yeah. Basically, he's, so – and Platter plays a really big role in this huge growth because he's managing all the money coming in. He oversees World Cups in Spain, Mexico, Italy, the US, the big one in 994 where they bring yep. it to the US. By the time that gets in 994, it gets to the shores of America. He's been in the position 13 years and he started to think, I should be president. Yeah, he's got his eye on the, yeah, so it's not a stroking a white cat yeah, at it's, this stage. It's not in 94. Haviland has been in since 74. Platter's going... When it's my time. He starts to actually canvass the numbers against Havilland in 1994, but he finally realises, I don't think this is going to work. Havilland, though, suddenly realises, I've been there, you know, 24 years. Is he aware there's pressure coming? I think he's aware, but Sepp doesn't pull the trigger, right? right? And so he finally says, look, with my blessing, I am going to go and I want you to succeed me, so we're going to get you voted in. Right, a so bloodless coup. Well, it's not going to be bloodless. He's got to win the presidential election, and there are others that are going to not don't want Sepp to get it. But he's Havilland's okay. preferred one, right? This leads up to the 1998 election. So the, it's the 51st FIFA Congress, and it's in Equinox Congress Hall in Paris, France, just before the start of the 1998 FIFA World Cup. Bladder is the underdog. He's what? not expected to win. Who's the? Um, it's expected. He's a clubhouse he's a, leader. His opponent is UEFA president, Lennart Johansson. He's expected. He's the head of UEFA. He's the European vote, basically. He's got the track record. He's got the track record. He's football federations. Yep. And, you know, Havilland has been in a long time. It's time for change. Bladder's seen as Havilland's man. Why would you, you know, go with it? So Bladder's expected to lose by at least 20 votes going into the Congress. But Bladder has done this masterfully organised election. <laughs> so with the support, he gets given a private jet by, you'll never guess which country in 1998, uh -huh. Bladder. I was going to say Qatar. Qatar. Oh, my God. Qatar give him in 1998 right? a private jet to fly all around to Africa. Remember, Haviland went and realised, if I can win over Africa and Asia. Is this known? Is this it is known all, that Qatar have given him a, a private plane? That's anyone in news football about, knew about this going back About a long going time. back. Yeah. So you have to understand that that's going to And they increase. argue, well, well, how's that corruption? A friend gave lent me a private jet. That's their argument. They haven't. A lot of this they don't try and hide. They just argue we, we would draw that as influencing or corruption. They just go, no, that's just someone helping me out. <laughs> I don't get what you're They don't expect about. anything in return. They are just, uh, just the goodness. throwing friends me the keys to so the, so the corporate jet. Friends help friends, you know. So he then, often by Havilland goes with him, they go and visit Africa in this private jet. They meet all the representatives of this continent. They go to the remotest and poorest countries. They make personal contact once again. They talk to everyone who is going to be at the actual Congress and they make sure everything will work for Havilland in 74 and it's working for Bladder too. Bladder comes up with an extra thing because now there's money. Havilland when he's running was sort of promising, hey, I will listen, I'll get you more World Cup spots, I will give you tournaments, I'll try and generate money for you. At this point, FIFA has heaps of money. So Bladder just is way more able to go, I'm going to, here's how I'm going to give you money. Yeah, right. So he announces this new program that's going to be aimed at small national associations. Remember, it's one vote, one country yes. in FIFA. 
you don't France is one country, Whatever. but Montserrat is just one country, is one vote. Oh, so right. you don't care. He realizes that the Caribbean is really important because there's like 35 votes in the Caribbean, but the US and Canada's North America's only got two. It's incredible. So, you know, so the numbers like these small. So he comes up with this new program he's going to announce. He says it's going to be, he doesn't give it a name. It later becomes known as the Goal Project, which you might have even heard of. It's often advertised on FIFA matches. It was in these times. The Goal Project, though, he doesn't call it this, but it's aimed at small national associations. And he says that they're going to be able to come up on the spot with tailor-made solutions for their developmental problems. So he said after, after, he said, this is bladder. After FIFA technical experts have taken stock of the individual situations for national associations on the spot, I want to make sure that these associations receive tailor-made assistance in establishing their technical, administrative and marketing programs. He's cutting checks. For this purpose, every national association should have suitable possibilities for training and adequate resources for advancement at their disposal. He also promises, on top of this program aimed at all these individuals, so on the spot he'd, he'd turn up and go, what do you want? What do you want, basically? What's it going to take? What's it? Oh, yeah, but he more sounds listening to their yeah, needs, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. He also promises that if elected, every member association, so every country, will get an extra $1 million over four years. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot if you're, you know, the French Football yeah. Association. But if you're in, like, one of these tiny countries. Trinidad <laughs> Tobago. Yeah, you're, yeah, and you're getting 250 grand, and it's basically you can do what you want with yeah. it, right? People go, he also says he's going to give each of FIFA six regional conferences $10 million over that period each. So that's just the, here comes the cash. Sugar daddy. Um, FIFA sugar daddy. If you go even just on Wikipedia or on a very simple search, every single, and Google every World Cup, for the last 20 years, it will start with this paragraph about how there's contentious bribery accusations around all of them. So I won't go over all of them, but there are a bunch of ones about when Bladder's running that, you know, David Yallop, who wrote a book called How They Stole the Game, he claimed he had evidence that FIFA delegates accepted bribes up to a million dollars. So two of his biggest supporters, which we'll get to more about them in a second, a guy called Jack Warner, who was the head of CONCACAF, which is yes. the Caribbean, Central America and North American Federation, yes. which is very important, who all helped him. They have all been found guilty of taking bribes and stuff later on, including another guy called Mohammed bin Haman, who is the Qatari construction magnate who gave him the jet and was yeah, also the head of the Asian Football Confederation. <laughs> So he's got all the... So people have been found guilty. People have either been found guilty or we'll get to this as an example. Some have later on in the year, so we'll get into this. And I can't even name all the ones in this. This is a long enough series we'd be literally (laughs) doing. But, for example, but some went nowhere. So, for instance, four years after this vote, the president of the Somali Football Federation said he'd been offered $100,000, half of it in cash to vote for Bladder, and that 18 African voters accepted bribes to vote for Bladder, enough to swing the election. He said the financial inducements were handed out the night before in the hotel where Bladder was staying. People were lining up, he said, to receive money. <laughs> Bladder and Bin Haman, who's the uh, Kuwati, they sued the Somali for libel and dragged him before the FIFA Disciplinary Committee <laughs> where he was banned from the sport for two years straight away. The saying, ethics committee didn't, didn't get involved? They didn't have one at this stage. Oh. They said you didn't have enough evidence, so you're out. This is so it just moment. went nowhere. They're just ruthless. Can right? I ask, is the other contenders, like your UEFA boss, is he running around town no. cutting checks as well? No, so so not, this is the not, FIFA checkbook is basically being used to garner votes. Yeah, but there's also this element where Havalange and Bladder don't mind doing stuff that 
like the other guy's running UEFA. Bladder is like just happy to jump on a plane, even though it's a private one, yeah. and go to the Caribbean and meet all 35 countries and then go to Africa and visit every third, like all yeah. the countries. He's willing to get his hands dirty. He'll meet with anyone. He doesn't care who it is. He's, the ground you game. Know, he's got a he's, ground game. He's got a ground game. The other guys are sort of often sitting in Europe just going, well, I'm out of your way for why wouldn't you vote for me? I've like They, they put forward that they're going to energize the game and clean up corruption and all that. And what they don't get is these countries couldn't give a rat's about cleaning up corruption. They're on a good thing. They're going, what are you talking about? 35 islands in the... 35 votes. So the voting goes for this one for the 1999 FIFA Congress. The president election took three hours. The first round of voting election didn't produce an immediate victor. You need a two-thirds supermajority to win in the first round. But Bladder receives 100... Remember, he's the underdog. He's expected yeah. to lose by 20. He suddenly wins by 111 votes to Johansson's 80. And Johansson just concedes victory and goes, look, we could do a runoff to a second round. So he says, I'm out. He says, I'm out. So there you are, suddenly Bladder, who's expected to have not won, has pulled it off. And this is... What year? This is 1998. He's the first term as president. Infamously, it was revealed later that one National Association delegate who was absent from the Congress was unofficially replaced by an individual from a different country when it came to the president's vote. No FIFA security processes adequately checked the identities of those entering the polling booths. So the election is like all over the shop and there's stuff that comes out that we'll, we do know and there's others. But the problem when we're figuring all this stuff out at FIFA and why Blatter has remained mainly out of most trouble, very little is stuck to him. A lot yes. is known, but investigations just stop, you know, or you know what I mean? Like it's, they don't even yeah. deny it sometimes. Sepp's suddenly in power and this is where he delivers on his promise to fund suitable and adequate projects. Yes. The gold project comes in and it, this is a define, it could be defined just on a case by case. There's no criteria. You don't have to meet anything. It's like, it's just decided by FIFA. Yep. You you say, hey, we would like to have a new training grant. Oh, how much do you think that will cost? Ta-da. Two million. Here's $2 million. Like that's what it is. So it's, it's all, a slush fund. Well, he would say it's not. Others say it is and we'll get into why. So that's launched in 1999, so the year after. And by 2010, so it's in first 11 years, it's provided support for over 500. This is what FIFA even say. It's provided support for over 500 development projects across the world with a total of US $200 million having been handed out. <laughs> in bribes. <laughs> well, you know. This is the beauty of it though, that they can actually advertise it. Yeah, as so, well. And so, so it's in the, in yeah. the thing, look what we're doing. Not not sneaking around doing it, going, yeah. look what we're doing. We're investing all this money. Exactly. And getting votes because we're... Yeah, and really the real way it works is there's no oversight. So if I give you $2 million and you deliver a stadium worth that oh, costs well. 500000 no one comes along and goes, well, hang on, we're, they just go, great. No one asks where, so that's yeah. where it, so it's, it's in plain sight. Charles Dempsey, who's now passed away um, of New Zealand, he was the Oceania president. He explains the simplicity of the gold project. He explains yeah. how good it is. Right. So this is his own words, okay. you know, a guy who was heavily involved in this. He said, there are more have-nots than haves in FIFA. If the have-nots get anything, they'll stay faithful. Blatter's been very clever. Goal isn't delegated to the confederations. It's run by FIFA. We know he's done wrong, but he's got us this. There you go. So that's how it works. So, for example, we mentioned the Caribbean. Montserrat, which is this volcanic atoll in the Caribbean, it's got 5,200 people living there, right? (laughs) 
right? It's one vote. It's the smallest federation in all of FIFA. Its national team has never been higher than 165th in the world. It's received 1.51 million over the life of the gold program to construct a set of bleachers in a bathroom overlooking a soccer pitch, right? Mexico, with a population of 125 million, has received 1.3 million under the gold project. Unbelievable. So it's just absolute. So this is just so that's just so that's bladder working so he gets the gold project set up it starts pumping out money in may 1999 all 25 members of the fifa exco they start to be lobbied because germany is bidding and england are bidding for the 2006 world cup right so the bidding kicks off and this is the first time as president set bladder gets to oversee this process this is what it's like being a FIFA Exco member. There's 24 of them, executive committee member. How are they chosen? So there's certain ones like, you know, the Caribbean Football Association, if you become the head of that, you're just instantly you you're on automatically the, There's certain spots to represent all the various yeah. things. UEFA, you yeah, know, if you're gotcha. the head of these things. All 25 members of the FIFA executive committee plus their wives, partners, are all flown to London. Yes. Put up in the best hotels, they're offered circle seats at the Phantom of the Opera, they're entertained at a royal party with <laughs> Prince Charles at his Highgrove residence and they're given VIP tickets to the FA Cup final. This is just the normal thing. The Foreign and Commonwealth Office get them access to any key decision makers they want. They're provided assessments of the attitude of international sporting bodies. They're given high-level hospitality. Uh, they get to meet all these opinion people. They get um, facilitated their visa applications, get fast-tracked. Um, they get briefed by journalists on how, you know, on all these things about how the thing, they get written puff pieces about wow. them. So this is what it all happens. Like they get to meet senior diplomatic staff. Like this is just the red carpet is what, and that's what England does. They, they you know, in later ones they get David Beckham to come and, you know, you can meet all the, to win the royalties. Yeah, the win votes. Germany go down a different path. What are they up to? Germany want to win it and Chancellor uh, Gerhard Schroeder, he – a week before the vote, lifts the arms embargo on Saudi Arabia and agrees to send grenade launchers to the country. <laughs> Saudi Arabia vote for Germany to get the World Cup. Is that the difference? Now, they would argue that's coincidence. I don't know why you would think. This is what Germany does in the lead up to winning, beating England. They remove an arms embargo with Saudi Arabia. They send them grenade launchers. Daimler Chrysler invest several hundred million euros in Hyundai, they get the South Korean vote. One of the sons of the company's founder was a member of a FIFA's executive committee. Um, both Volkswagen and Bayer, big German companies, announced investment in Thailand and South Korea. They're just oh, delegates. This is incredible. Are possible voters for Germany. Uh, one of the deputies from uh, Thailand receives a payment by a company of German media mogul Leo Kirch who has paid millions for basically worthless TV rights, friendly matches of the Germany team in Bayern Munich in Thailand. So he just did that. The Germans' bid wins by a single vote. Incredible. Um, on 16th of October 2015, so a bit after this, so five years later, German newspaper Spiegel alleges that a slush fund with money from then-Adidas CEO Robert Louis Dreyfus was used by the German bid team to influence the vote of four Asian members on the FIFA executive committee. There was a sum of 6.7 million euros and it's later demanded back by Dreyfus from Adidas. He says, can I have my money back? Like I lent it to you to pay right. it, but I was yeah. about to get it back. In order to get it back, the organising committee works out that they can get it back to him by paying it to FIFA. 
and alleging it's a share for the cost of the closing ceremony. So the problem with all these bribes as they start to come around is yes. how do we move them around the banking system? Wolfgang uh, Niersbach, who's the president of the German Football Association, he denies the allegations and he says the World Cup was not bought and there was absolutely and categorically I rule out any existence of a slush fund. <laughs> and they announced they're going to sue the paper. And during a press conference he says it again. There's no way about it. It's not true. The money had all been organised. It wasn't a bribe. It was a payment to FIFA for the thing. FIFA come out and say, we have no knowledge of this payment. And just throw him under the bus, right? They go, we've got no idea what it was. Theo Zwanziger, who's the former president of the German thing, says it is evident that there was a slush fund for the German World Cup application. According to him, he said the 6.7 million euros went to Mohammed bin Hammam, who's the AFC president of Qatari, who at the time yeah. was supporting Blatter's campaign for president. So Wolfgang Niersbach, who's the head of the German thing, he's investigated by the FIFA Ethics Committee. Hey, found, to be, they fo- are. found to be guilty and banned in 2016 for Jeez. one year. So right there, wow. first one under butter, it's, it's, it's uh, bought and paid for. At yeah. the same time, remember we had ISL, the International Sports. Yes. They collapsed. Horst Dassler has died of cancer in 1987, but the ISL, the company, still controls most of FIFA's commercial activities. Sure. And in 1996, they had pledged to pay them $1.6 billion for the television and marketing rights to the 2002-2006 World Cup. They also, though, had put heaps of money into things like the ATP tennis tournament right. and they'd paid $1.2 billion to the point where they'd spent so much on all these properties yes. that they were $300 million in debt and they go bankrupt. Idiots. And they this have le- the run of the joint. And they're running the commercial operations for FIFA. Wow. Sep. He says, we've only lost about $32 million in the wake of their collapse. Right. His 2IC says, no, it's closer to $116 million. <laughs> and sort of accuses SEP of underplaying it. Sure. SEP sets up an audit committee to examine the finances, only to then shut it down, alleging it breached confidentiality <laughs> and it just goes away. So didn't we like, never know. Like findings. We never know what a thing. Yeah. Which brings us to Michelle Zanrufian who is the General Secretary of FIFA. He is the protégé of Sepp Blatter. Okay. On May 3rd, 2002, he decides I'm going to challenge Sepp Blatter. Have a go. Have a go. So So he presents a report at the committee meeting which puts forward all these accusations against Blatter and there's 11 other members of the FIFA Exco who, and there's 24 on the yes. on it, challenge bladder, and it's ahead of the FIFA presidential election in Seoul. It's a 30-page report detailing malpractices within the organisation. It says in the report, the presidents against the statutes took over the management and administration of FIFA, combining both, thereby working with as few persons of trust only and manipulating the whole network through the material and administrative power he gained for the benefit of third persons and his personal interests. FIFA today is run like a dictatorship. It then goes into all these financial and legal mismanagements. Wow, that's a hand grenade into the room. And yeah. how many How many of the executive... 11. ...have signed on to this? 11 of the 24 have said we agree to this, right? They then hand all this information to a public prosecutor's office in Zurich and says these are criminal things. Game's up. Yeah. Jigs up. It lays out all the things of, it says, you know, the president has used and abused the goal thing. It lays out all the stuff we've just talked about and saying all this. He points out that Sepp Blatter, and this is someone we'll meet in more detail, but Jack Warner, who I mentioned, who's the head of, he's based in Trinidad and Tobago and is the president of the Caribbean and all the rest. 
the report claims that Blatter, because of the support of Jack Warner, continues to pour money into Warner's personal pocket all the time. Yeah. And so it lays all that out how the Warner family have just constantly been. He goes, Warner struck a deal with, with Haviland originally before Blatter came that gave him the rights in Trinidad and Tobago for the TV rights for the World Cup for 1990, 1994, 1998. This is with Avalanche yes. and Warner, but it, it's laid out in this report. He sold them to him for one dollar <laughs> as, as a sort of a favour. Um, well, I would love to have been at those negotiations. Warner, Fierce. under Blatter. Why don't you write a number down on this piece <laughs> of paper and push it across for uh, three World dollar. Cups? <laughs> Warner fails, though, to secure the same rights for 2002-2006, and this is when Blatter's in charge. He'd drive a harder deal. The ISL, they've got all the rights. They give the contract to a rival Caribbean sports television network. ISL go under. All these things happen where the rights come back in the middle and all this, and it's not sure what to do. Warner tells Blatter, I'll take away my support for the FIFA tournaments coming up and all, and he's also helping all the 35 votes out of the Caribbeans going yeah. to Bladder. He says, if I don't get the rights to TV rights again, I'm going to lose it. So um, it's awarded to him. This becomes public that Bladder has given him the, the yeah. rights. There's an outcry. Bladder says, hey, 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 that he's given it to an ex-co-member. He says, to avoid any sense of impropriety... I won't give it to Warner. Instead, I'll transfer the rights to the Caribbean Football Union. And everyone goes, okay, great. The head of the Caribbean Football Union is Jack Warner. (laughs) (laughs) So they're just moving the... Well done, everybody. So this paper comes out. It's a huge thing. And it gives examples of how, like, one of the things that Warner does is the Finance Committee of FIFA gives Warner a budget to run the Under-21 World Cup in Trinidad in 2001 $4.5 $4.5 million budget. Okay. Warner spends $8.21 million. No questions are asked why it went over by $4 million. It just He just gets the $4 million. Well, that's just a... <laughs> Thank you. Waiter, yeah. check, please. Warner comes out and he's scathing of Michael Zen Ruffian's page. Oh, it he's, is. He says, don't know, is anyone doing? And he says that FIFA must never again give a man's job to a boy. Okay. He's front-footing this. Bladder's allies all say it's Leonard Johansson who got beaten in 1998 yes. right behind all of this. They're trying to push through all this stuff. But Bladder realises the exco is pointless. If I've got the votes in the Congress of all the countries, what can These they do? Are, uh... So he forces Zen Ruffian out. So even though this report's tabled, Bladder survives and he's fine. He never works in football at any note again. Um, Bladder says, if you have in your own house a traitor, this is bad. Have you ever heard of Brutus? (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, this is the backdrop. He can't be stopped. He can't be stopped. And this is the backdrop of the 53rd FIFA Congress, which is held in the Grand Hilton in Seoul in 2002. Bladder faces a challenge from the Cameroonian football executive and president of the Confederation of African Football, Issa Hayato. And this is all happening under this, those accusations that have just yes. happened. So he's just had 11 board members basically turn on him and he's still there. Bladder stage manages the question and answer session at this Congress, right? Mm. He refuses to la- allow Issa Hayato, his challenger, even though he's a vice president of VIFA, yes. he refuses to let him speak to the Congress. He just says you can't speak. <laughs> Scotland's David Will 
is also wanting to speak. He's also a vice president. He's one of the anti-bladder forces. He says, no. I want to address Congress. He says, no. Wouldn't have thought so. It's so it gets Sit down so, and shut up. Instead, 10 speakers get up and they're all a pro-bladder people. <laughs> this ends in furious scenes with delegates booing bladder and Hayatu is engaged with bladder in a finger-pointing confrontation. Will, the head of the, um, who's been put in charge to investigate the, the one, remember I said they were put in charge to investigate FIFA's yes. finances and Blatter just stopped the audit committee? Correct. David Will, the Scots guy, he is the head of that. He said, I wanted to present my offer and I wasn't. He's furious. He said, I'm so angry. This is just total corruption. The Football Association, so Britain's FA, he says Blatter's behaviour is disgraceful, gagging all these people. And he's saying, the way this meeting was handled was an absolute disgrace. Mr. Bladder was working from a very selective list of people he wanted the Congress to hear from. When you have FIFA vice presidents asking to speak and being refused, it's disgraceful. But I think it might have backfired on Mr. Bladder. So he says... How so? Well, he says this gagging people... It's gone too far. It's gone too far and the Congress will vote Bladder out. Bladder wins 139 of the 195 votes. It's too good. <laughs> he just he knows, he the just power knows is. all the figures. Was he running against the guy from Cameroon? Yeah. So the guy from Cameroon, if he can't get the African states, no. And by this, and there's point, a lot of African votes there. Yeah, so yeah. you would have thought you could take a huge. But Bladder's taking Blatter. enough of them, and he's figured out the Caribbean is huge amount of votes. So he's got he's got them, and he's got a lot of Africa still. He's got a lot of Asia. He's just Bladder just works the numbers, and yeah. and Bladder has no qualms. If you suddenly say I want five million, it's like. Sure. Sure. I think you need a new training facility. <laughs> this isn't, to give you an idea of how he wins, there's a guy called Jeffrey Webb who's at the time of this all going down. Yes. The vice presidents of FIFA aren't allowed to speak. Bladder's gagged them. Jeffrey Webb is allowed to go out and give a long speech because he is the president of the Cayman Islands Football Association. <laughs> <laughs> Bladder goes, you can speak. Sit down, Brazil. Sit down. Shut up, Mexico. We yeah. need to hear from the Cayman Like Islands. literally, like heads of UEFA, head of the Football Association, you know, which looks after England. They're not allowed to speak. This is outrageous. The head of the Cayman Islands Football Association is given the floor at the Congress. He gets up and at this point, he, all he is is the president of the Cayman Islands Football Association. So he's not even in the big regional ones or anything. Yeah. Very small player. He gets up and he says, I'm a banker because he's a banker by trade in the Cayman Islands. What a surprise. He says, <laughs> FIFA's finances are fine. Like, this is literally his speech. They're fine. Um, I don't know what all the fuss is about. I think you'll find everything. Uh, yeah, he literally gets up and gives his speech. He just goes, he goes, that's fine. I don't get what all this fuss is about. I don't get what these accusations are about. It's ridiculous. He says, look, FIFA is family and family must stay together. So he gets this resounding speech in defending Bladder, saying everything's fine. I know what, what everyone's banging on yeah. about. Why are we going on with this? Bladder is reappointed, re-elected. He then goes to Jeffrey Webb, who's the president of the Cayman Islands Football Association, and appoints him as deputy director of the Internal Audit Committee. <laughs> this is the most outrageous. He starts talking about him as a possible successor as president. Like he's run the Cayman Islands. It's not like he's... FIFA then pledged two years after this happens, 2.2 million towards building a centre of excellence on the Cayman Islands. That's what they need. That's exactly That's what they need. That's just a shot the arm. <laughs> Cayman Islands needs. So we might stop there for that bit because oh, what wow. we're getting to next, we're going to do a deep dive on the Caribbean and North American and Central American Federation. 
And we're going to talk about two guys, uh, Chuck Blazer and Jack Warner. These are the cartoon character-esque corruption gurus. This is... Even by by FIFA standards, uh, these the, guys uh, are these gold these are the power engine room behind Set Bladder, but even Set would blush That's at what, what these guys get up to. Getting up to, I cannot wait. Exhausted again. Wow! See you for the next instalment of our FIFA spectacular. If you love sports bazaar, why wouldn't you want to sign up to Bazaar Plus, our membership program, for even more episodes? Just go to the link in the show notes to sign up. Cheers.